Welcome back to the Rhymes With Podcast. I'm your host, Benji Nichols, bringing you stories from communities you love by people you trust, a project of Inspired Media, iloveinspired.com. We are bringing you so many fun conversations from across the region. Uh, Marty, you are the, I'm going to call you the chief instigator, because I, I like that title and I know you've been using it. Uh, you are the chief instigator of the Minnesota Driftless Hiking Trail, which I think is just a genius project. I love it. Uh, you and I have been talking about this on and off uh, kind of since the beginning of it, I think. And uh, why don't you go ahead and tell people right off the bat what the Minnesota Driftless Hiking Trail is? Yeah. So the Minnesota Driftless Hiking Trail is a project, it's not really a trail yet, to, to build a hundred, hundred. 25-mile backpacking-focused trail across Fillmore and Houston County in Minnesota's Driftless area. I love it. Uh, it's such a cool project, and we are going to dig into what that looks like, what it means, how you got to this idea, some of those things on the show here. Uh, I have to give listeners a little bit of background always. So you and I met originally, I think, when you were working on um, some other Fillmore County economic development work. Is that right? I'm trying to remember. Yeah, I 2018-ish, <laughs> uh, when I was the, uh, I worked for a company called CETA, Community and Economic Development Associates. Yes. Good practice for me to get my voice it, going it, today. And our, our friend Courtney Berge Swanson in Spring Grove, we did a show with her and she also works for CETA. So yes. Great so, organization there. Yeah. Yep, great people. And I was the economic development director for Fillmore County. Worked a lot on outdoor recreation and tried to build some cohesion in the region. And I think we ran into each other at a One Million Cups in Rochester. Yes, that was a fun event. A lot of a lot of cool stuff going on up there. And I remember that day was super fun. Yeah, great, yeah. great event. Great way to network and meet people you would never meet elsewhere and hear all the cool things going on in the region. So. Absolutely. Did we end up going out for sushi that day in Rochester? I think we may have. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think we may. I don't go to sushi with a lot of people in the Midwest, and so that does stand out as a memory. The Christopher Walken voice coming out. We had sushi in Rochester. <laughs> it was great. No, that was a really fun. I remember it was fun to finally meet in person. Uh, you and I, I think have uh, several things in common and kind of interest uh, interests in general. Uh, so it's always fun to make those connections, um, specifically with you know other fun young people from across the region, uh, which is always an important thing to connect those dots, right? Yeah, for sure. That's awesome. I love it. So uh, give me a quick background. Because So when I met you, uh, you, uh, you were working for Fillmore County uh, in, in the economic development world, but that's not really, uh, you, that's not where you landed here in the Midwest, right? Uh, where was home for you originally? Yeah. So starting from the beginning, I grew up in Chicago, inside the city, um, went to Chicago Public Schools, worked as a lifeguard on Lake Michigan for the Park District. My mom works for the city and uh, went to a all-boys Catholic college or a Catholic high school, which wow. meant that when I found an all-boys Catholic college at St. John's. It wasn't a big jump for me. Okay. I uh, wanted to be a little more rural. I wanted to play water polo and St. John's worked well for that. So went up to St. John's and met my wife, Sophia, who's a native of Chatfield, native of the Driftless area. Yes. Uh, we lived in St. Cloud a little while after college. Um, that was definitely where I really learned a love for the outdoors. It was the first time I went hiking on the Superior Hiking Trail. Oh, nice. Then we moved to Mason City, Iowa, which yeah. is maybe not a place that like top of the list for a lot of people, but we really came to love Mason City. Absolutely. It, everybody should go there. If you, you should do a show like this over there. Well, I'd careful what you wish for. It is actually on my list. But on Aaron and Mai's list for a, quite a while, uh, and not to go too far off the track, but they were just awarded a pretty cool um, award from the Destination Iowa monies. Uh, so I think there's some really cool development that's going to be continuing in that area. Yeah, there, there's, yeah. we'll just say there's amazing things there yeah. and leave it as a teaser. Cool. I love it. So we, we lived there for a while and wanted to get back a little closer to family, change jobs a little bit, and uh, came back to Rochester 
where I started working with CETA. Yeah. I was there a little over two years, and then an opportunity came up with People's Energy Cooperative. So I'm the key accounts manager and economic development manager for the co-op. We serve more up towards Rochester. Sure. But still really working in that community-focused economic development. And it's really allowed something that's been a passion to me, passionate of mine, even though I grew up in the city, coming to really love rural and small town growth and the communities and community-led development yes. and finding the inherent value in what we already have. Love and that. that's a big part of what this trail is. Yes. Yeah, I love that. I'm scribbling notes as we go because what we already have is, uh, man, that is a phrase we could we could get into for sure. Uh, I just want to point out, I really admire the work that you do and the path you've followed. Um, my wife often doesn't tease me, has told me now, I think if I were to, to uh, name my superpower, it is connecting the dots amongst people. Uh, and I often laugh that if I can figure out someone to pay me to do that, we're going to be in good shape. But until then, we're going well, <laughs> to keep doing what we're doing. So <laughs> I always say that economic development, we don't really do a lot of work as economic developers. We right. are about building a network of networks. And where we can connect yes. those disparate things to find value of those two things working together, Yeah, that's where we succeed. It's a huge thing. And I think uh, something else that Aaron and I have worked on in the, in the 15 years we've been doing Inspired is looking at where we live as a region. Right. Uh, if you live in Iowa, sometimes it's easy for people to just lump you into Iowa or Minnesota. You're in Minnesota. Or if you're in Western Wisconsin, you live in another country. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but it's funny. Are you though? <laughs> no, really. But if, when you look at it as a region, uh, and especially, you know, because we are here in rural America, it's incredible, I think, what you can do when you kind of start to connect those silos, connect those people who are all working to, to make something bigger happen. So, yeah, know, it's I, a really valuable thing. I think that, you know, putting, keeping that economic development hat on, I think we have a unique challenge in the Driftless area because we have a, a really cohesive culture and landscape, but then it's cut up into four states. And yeah. Yeah. so much on a tourism and development structure always happens within the confines of the state. It's led by the state. It hasn't happened as well as it could across the region. There's a little bit. There's some statewide collaboration or cross-state collaboration. Yep. There could be a lot more. Yeah, absolutely. And no, I, I love those, love those ideas, love connecting those dots and, uh, and, and appreciate that. Um, so not to go too far off our subject today, cause uh, it's such a, a cool idea and I love this. Can you tell me quick? Um, so your wife, Sophia and yourself, when you met, uh, was there some interest in hiking? Was there something that kind of sparked your interest or things that you're mentioning the first hiking, uh, trail or superior trail kind of spent some time on some of those things? Yeah. So I definitely done like, a Outdoor things as a kid. We had a forest preserve. I went to summer camp and always enjoyed that. But then to be exposed, um, friends recommended we go up to the North Shore and do the Superior Hiking Trail. So we were like, hey, do you have a backpack? Hey, do you have a sleeping bag? And we went up <laughs> two or three nights and um, really fell in love with the concept of just get on the trail and start walking and stop when you want to. Love that. Yeah. And so, I mean, through hiking is kind of the terminology yep. that some people may be more familiar with. And if you're not familiar with, it's just really that idea of going out and, and hiking and camping, but uh, on, on trails that allow you to go out for maybe an overnight, maybe a couple of nights, maybe three months. Yep. Yeah. So I, the first time I heard that word was on that trip, we were just walking through and a guy in a state park was like, are you through hikers? And I didn't know what the word meant. I was like, uh, yes, we're hiking through the park, I guess. Right. 
<laughs> right. I love that. One is it's something that has certainly been in existence for uh, all of eternity, but it's something that has really found um, some some serious growth, I would say, in the last several years, if not decade, uh, in terms of outdoor recreation. People that are looking at taking big challenges in their lives or uh, taking on big trips, but in a really different uh, self-sufficient kind of way. Yeah. So it's a very, yeah. very cool sport uh, or, or activity, I guess I should say. Uh, in terms of the Minnesota Driftless Hiking Trail, tell us a little bit about how this idea started to come together. What uh, what uh, sparked the idea? So it definitely traces back to my time at the county. One of the projects we worked on was an outdoor recreation map. So pulling together maps and resources from a lot of different places, the DNR, local partners, things like that. And I spent a lot of time staring at these blank, generic maps of the county. And we have the Root River State Trail here and the Harmony Preston Trail, great biking trails. And I realized there was kind of an alternative pathway through here. And to that, I applied some knowledge of the Lost Creek Trail, which is a, a shorter seven-mile backpacking trail. Full disclosure, it ends at my in-law's house. I'd, I had a lot of awareness of how that had been built. And I kind of started thinking, hey, this would be a great thing for the region. It would diversify the outdoor recreation economy, all these things. And we started organizing it. And then I got the new job. And then COVID hit. Yeah. And it got shelved oh, by a lot of people at once. Totally. Um, during COVID, kept up backpacking, probably did more backpacking than I'd done in a long time. Absolutely. And really found the Ice Age Trail in Wisconsin. And I don't think that that gets enough traction, honestly, the Ice Age Trail. Very similar to the Spear Hiking Trail or the Appalachian Trail, two trails people around here are going to be pretty familiar with. But one thing I learned was there's a lot more road walks there. Okay. The trail is still under development. Yeah. Hike for 10 miles, road walk for two miles. Hike for five miles, road walk for five miles. Sure. So I said, if if the Ice Age Trail can do that, maybe that Minnesota Driftless Trail idea that I had could still do that. Yeah, and love that. So sad, you know, over lunch breaks and stuff, playing around on Google Maps, how, how would I walk from <laughs> Chatfield to the river? And I be, love that. It was Yeah, it was a good way. Again, can't always be outside or can't be with people, so it was yes. a fun project. Yes. And very quickly I came to realize it, it's really doable. I could, I could walk out the door tomorrow. Spend a lot of time on the shoulder of the road, yes. but do it. And then um, started sharing that with some people and got some encouragement to organize it a little bit. Made a Twitter account. And April, I want to say, of 2022, got a direct message from a random guy from the city saying, I don't know you. This project looks awesome. I want to help make it happen. Awesome. And once I had somebody saying that, and, and Aaron Clems is the guy who said it, he'll be at our event at Eagle Bluff tonight. Yes. That was that was a huge kick in the pants of, let's get this done. Oh, that's And it's just been a rocket ship trajectory from there. That is so cool. Thank you for mentioning it. I should have mentioned at the top of the show. So uh, Marty Walsh, who I'm speaking with today, Minnesota Driftless Hiking Trail, which you can find at www.mndriftlesshikingtrail.org or on uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at hikemndriftless. Uh, but we're here at Eagle Bluff today, just outside of Lanesboro on a, a short series of uh, shows that I'm going to be doing. I think uh, Rhymes with Fillmore. I don't know. That kind of sounds fun. Something along those lines. But uh, it's a it's a really cool thing. Eagle Bluff itself, I'm going to be talking, uh, talking with here in the next show and kind of talking about what goes on here. But as you're mentioning, we're kind of sitting in the middle of a region and there are a lot of really cool resources that have been created, right? Uh, the phrase that I wrote down, literally, as you said, it were resources that we already have and how do we leverage those, right? And I think that's something, um, the idea of, you know, getting up one morning and hiking to the Mississippi River <laughs> might sound crazy to some people. Very much so. <laughs> but when you start looking at it on a map, 
uh, and kind of, you know, mapping it out, all of a sudden, look at all the resources we have. Look at all the small towns, the little places you can connect with the resources we already have. Throw those links in where we can or, or create the links we want to we need to find. Right. Uh, and put those together. And all of a sudden you have a really unique resource. And also something I've learned driving around distributing inspired for 15 years is sometimes just the way you drive around a region. You don't put, you know, uh, point A to point B. Because you just you can't really get there from there. <laughs> that's, like, yep. that's something my dad used to say, right? Like well, you can't get there from here, uh, and it, and it's kind of true. But once you look it out on a map, or you think about your own two feet instead of a paved road, or with little pieces of a paved road, uh, it's kind of amazing where you can get to in our region. And it's it's a really cool thing. And it's you could only do it that way, right? Right. You said a lot that I was like, oh, I got to come on to that. Got to come on to that. <laughs> uh, but the idea of moving at the speed of a human being, like. Human Powered Trails is a project I know you guys have down in Decorah, yes. and the Driftless lends itself really well to that, because one feature of the Driftless is that we don't have hills. We have valleys, right? Mm-hmm. The whole landscape is, whole landscape went up, and then pieces of it came down to make valleys around the rivers. So if you look, it's, it's a very level place, and if you're further away, you don't see those awesome hollers and stuff. But on your own two feet, when you can go down the small hills and, and around every bend, you really get a sense of the scale of, it's like this very intimate, great outdoors that we have. Yeah. So the, the, the two feet is so important, but there are a ton of little things out there. Um, you know, Sharp and Chatfield, and uh, there's the Lost Creek Trail up there. Yeah. You're going through just those beautiful areas around Pilot Mound and down the, into Eagle Bluff. Amazing resource that we have here in Eagle Bluff. Maybe Lanesboro or Wayland or route along the Root River Trail there. Some yeah. scenic sections of the trail. And then you come into parts of the Richard J. Dorr State Forest. So the Minnesota State Forest, it's unusual, has a unique history where it was just some passionate people bought that land back in the, I'm probably wrong on this, but 50s, 60s, 70s, when they sure. recognized it needed to be protected. So most state forests in Minnesota is old school trust land, not the Dorr. So it's really chopped up segments, and it's public land. It's really important that we can access that public land for what it was intended to be used for, the public good. And you go to these crazy valleys that are 45 minutes from a town of 500 people. (laughs) Nobody (laughs) goes back there, and people see bears and bobcats and occasionally uh, cougars in there. And they're really way more remote than people recognize, despite being... In our own backyard. Yeah, absolutely. Man, that's awesome. Like shivers on my back. That sounds, uh, that sounds fun, right? Amazing, amazing things to check out. Marty, uh, Marty Walsh, who's with me today. We're going to take a really quick little break, a little turnaround here, and we're going to come back and pick up right where we left off talking about kind of the different parcels of land that could be involved in this project. We are talking about the Minnesota Driftless Hiking Trail, a project that is in the works. Uh, Marty Walsh, the chief instigator of this project. Uh, Marty, thanks for taking, uh, taking time out of your day to be here and talk about this. We're coming right back. It is uh, Rhymes with uh, Fillmore, let's call it today. Good stuff. Be right back. This is Aaron Henning Nichols, founder and editor in chief of Inspired Magazine. Rhymes with Decor is brought to you by Inspired Media, bringing you positive news since 2007. Find us on stands across the Driftless, or check out our new website, or become a member at iloveinspired.com. Creating stories about communities you love by people you trust. Thanks for being inspired. <laughs> 
And the voice of Aaron Henny Nichols, my partner in life and business. Iloveinspired.com is where you can find all the information about the work we do, a quarterly publication across the region, as well as online and lots of good stuff there. In our 15th year, uh, positive news from across the region. So thankful for the support and thank you for listening here on the podcast as well. My guest today, Mr. Marty Walsh. Thank you for being here. Uh, The Minnesota Driftless Hiking Trail is the project we are talking about. A uh, potential 100-plus mile trail. Is that about right, Marty? That sounds about right. Yeah. That would lead uh, all the way from Chatfield, Minnesota, essentially to the Mississippi River. If I can say Mississippi five times fast. Uh, A really cool idea, an amazing project, the idea of using some of the resources we already have in this region, uh, connecting those dots and giving people an experience that would really be unlike uh, anything that exists right now in our region. I think that's a a very cool thing. Uh, Marty, we were just talking about kind of some of the pieces of property that you've been looking at that would line this trail up, essentially. Uh, And I know, as we mentioned, um, everything from kind of state forests to state parks to wildlife management areas to natural or scientific areas areas as they might read on a map or somewhere, right? Uh, tell us a little more about that. Yeah, so I'll, I'll start with a quick correction. So we designated yes, hiking trails cannot <laughs> go through wildlife management areas. Okay. So WMAs are funded by um, the excise tax that's charged on firearms, bows, bullets, that sort of thing. And so while you're allowed to hike in them, you can go and wildlife watch and do all that. We cannot build a dedicated hiking trail through those properties, and we respect that. So one of the big things this trail is, it's wild out there, but it's also very crowded, and there's a lot of user groups, there's a lot of um, communities that we need to respect and work with if we want to be successful. And so the big WMAs, like the Yucatan Valley area, awesome. They they add so much wildlife and richness. We're not going to cross those, though. So um, and SNAs, we think, fall in the same way. If you're an attorney specializing in public land, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, but, Absolutely. Uh, but the, the state forest, the state park is right. And uh, again, gaining access to that public land as it's intended is a huge part of this trail. Well, and as you mentioned, too, one of the cool parts is that, um, you know, when you look at a project like this, or even some of the more localized, say, the recreation um, paths and trails that have been built, right? Like some of those trails, when people start on them, I think it, it's a multi-year project at minimum, right? Sometimes mm-hmm. it takes 10 years to get those projects done. Some of them go quicker. It just depends. When you look at a project like this, this kind of falls out of the boundaries of all those. I mean, you're, you're working across not only a couple of counties, but different municipalities, different types of property, different land, and then throw in some public roadway too, right? Yeah. So, so it's, it's a lot of moving pieces there to kind of think about, right? Yep. So whenever somebody asks, like, oh, where's the trail going to go? Like, we have like a 10 mile <laughs> wide corridor because, um, so the, the DNR will be the large landowner, almost certainly, Department sure. of Natural Resources. Sure. Most of the rest is going to be built on private land. And if, if someone says they've got 800 acres that we can build three miles of trail on, and it's a little outside of our corridor that we have planned, we're still going to work with them. We're going to make that happen. You bet. But we're going to work with a lot of individual private landowners. Uh, Minnesota has great laws for recreational access where there's no liability on the landowner if they don't charge the user. Yes, and that's a great point to make because yeah. uh, Iowa's been a little behind the ball there. I think we're catching up. Wisconsin's been ahead of that for a while. Definitely. Yeah, Wisconsin yeah. has some interesting laws where if you do that, you actually get a tax credit. Wow. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but it's, it's you know, the right to roam is an important thing. There's a great book that if people are interested in that um, by Ken Ilgunas, I'm not even going to try and spell it. If you find like right to roam, <laughs> Ken I something, you'll find it. Uh, so, but Minnesota is in the U.S. one of the best places for that. Um, 
And so it's great to, to have that and have a lot of landowners who have already expressed interest in supporting us and moving forward on that because they're going to be the backbone. Then, like you said, there's some public roads, especially township roads that might be 20 cars a day. We can walk down that. Yeah, <laughs> um, definitely. And where we, where we have to walk on a busier road, then we'll work more closely with the county engineer, make sure it's safe, get the right signage up. And historically, they've generally been supportive of that. They recognize in this part of the state that outdoor recreation is an important part of the quality of life and the economy. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you talk about, you know, all those different aspects. I think, you know, the economic interest part of it, like we were saying earlier, so through hiking has really seen an amazing surge in interest, I think, in, in sort of the modern way, uh, in ultralight hiking. I mean, carrying, you know, self-sufficiency, bringing everything with you, packing in, packing out, um, and some of, you know, Appalachian trails, some of the longer trails where people will go out for weeks at a time at a minimum, right? Um, and I think those are really cool uh, opportunities if people are into that. However, it's also neat where, you know, the kind of project you're talking about, um, it would also be completely doable to break it up into, you know, something you're going to go do over the summer and check out different parts of. And, and you know, gosh, never thought that you could ever hike from Spring Grove to the Mississippi River or, you know, whatever parts of, you know, piece it ended up being. It's kind of a neat idea. So Yeah, you know, at 125 miles, 100 miles, 150 miles, whatever it ends up being, that sounds a long way to a lot of people, but that's a pretty junior through hiking trail, right? The Spear, the Spear Hiking Trail is 350-ish miles. Wow. Appalachian Trail is 3,200 miles. So yeah. where there will be people who do this trail in three days. And, yeah. End to end. Sure. I think most people, it's a four or five, six night type program. Yeah. And like you said, you might do one night at a time. Yeah. One of the really unique things that we're trying to, we're looking at, I'll, I'll say, and it depends upon how we'll do this, but because we are pretty dense population, there's a lot of outdoor recreation, there's a lot of campgrounds here, is maybe working with some campgrounds or people who have an Airbnb cabin, things like that, to say, you can cross our land as hikers for free whenever you want. We just also want to put up a sign that says, if you want to stay the night here, you can. Yes. And that's a model called hut-to-hut hiking. Sure. Yep. In more remote areas, that might be like kind of supported by a nonprofit, but there's the big trails in uh, Europe, like the... Santiago del Camino, okay. where you hike from town to town. So yeah. even if you're not a backpacker per se, yep. you want this wilderness experience, you're going to wake up in a bed in Lanesboro, yeah. and you're going to walk to Spring Grove the next day. What, what an amazing experience what that we hoot. can't see elsewhere at yeah, all. Yeah, absolutely. And talk about, you know, economic drivers as well. You just, it's a whole kind of new sector of folks that you may find all of a sudden literally wandering into your town. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, people are gonna have to get have to get used to like, oh, that guy with the backpack is is supposed to be there, right? Yeah, don't don't call God. Uh, no, I love that idea, and I also love you know, I mean, what's interesting is that you know, so people may find some more remote areas, perhaps you know, as time would go on, there would be more ro- you know, some remote uh, camping areas or something like that. But the majority of people who do these kinds of trails and work, you are going from kind of an incorporated area to an incorporated area, or or you know, similar at you're least gonna, nearby them. You're yeah, cross through those places at some point. You are going to stop and uh, refuel or. Right. Spend some money or grab a coffee or a piece of pie or whatever that exactly. might be. Yep. Right? We, yep. we, we did a test hike. We had 25 miles over two days um, just to like, see if this would work. A lot more road walking than we hope long term. Awesome. That pie in the middle and Waylon aromas <laughs> was amazing. So, uh, yeah, that, that's a huge thing. And, and that's what makes, and like I said, makes it unique. We're not trying to be the most remote trail out there. We want to highlight that there's these pockets of remoteness, but... We also want to show off that there are working dairies here. There's working yeah. lumber operations. You and these people have been here for generations, and we want to kind of not show them off. It's not, it's not a zoo, but sure. you can coexist. You can have wild areas and 
Absolutely. working areas right next to each other. And as recreation opportunities, I mean, present again and again, and I know uh, northern uh, Michigan, northern Minnesota, northern Wisconsin have all experienced this in you know certain towns that were sort of um, drying up in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, recreation opportunities were created, uh, have created enormous economic booms, uh, and then also just kind of opened people's eyes up to like, oh, well, this is an area I, I have never thought about spending time in, and we came and did this, but we're going to come back and do this again or something else. And those are, uh, it's incredibly valuable to rural America to keep creating those opportunities. I think it is. And, and hiking, a huge thing. hiking is something that it might be, you came for a bike trip to Lanesboro for three days and you're going to stay a fourth day. Cause now you can go hiking. Yeah. Maybe it's the only reason you come here. Some of the towns will go near or through don't have the bike trails that we're so famous for. So this sure. is a new yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, but it's also good for locals. Yes. You can go out for a day hike or go camping in your own backyard. I mean, yeah. For a lot of people, what you could leave thing. your house on a backpacking trip. That's a unique thing because the nearest, the nearest be place for twenty five miles of hiking, three four hours from here. Yeah. Um, if wow. you want to get like a hundred miles, you're talking eight hours. Yeah. So. Oh, that's fascinating, yeah. right? Uh, okay, so some details, specific details on this project. This is um, something you're working on. Yep. Uh, some great information that you guys have already gathered. A great website that's there. That's the first thing I'll mention. So mndriftlesshikingtrail.org. That's probably the easiest place to go. See all of the information, kind of what the concept is, how you're working to build that out. Uh, and also, of course, to make Make a donation if you're interested in this project, uh, because um, at current, uh, this project has no uh, business infrastructure per se, right? Uh, some pretty passionate volunteers who are making it happen. Um, but it will take a little bit of money to put all this together and then, of course, uh, market it or put together maps and help people understand where it is, right? Yes. Yeah, so and there's there's only so much you can do over your lunch break or uh, <laughs> on Thursday at four o'clock before your wife is like, hey, we need to eat dinner and see each other. So, um, or your, your child or your dog or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Dogs. So eventually we'll need staff. Um, we are working on a partnership with the Minnesota land trust to do easements. So we actually don't need that part of the picture, which a lot of trails do, but, um, we need signage. We need equipment. Like we need to provide people with chainsaws and chaps and helmets and things for trail building. And, um, we need to hire attorneys and all sorts of fun things. So if, if people want to support us, um, Easy way is to send us 10 or 20 bucks on Venmo, also at HikeMNDriftless. If someone is interested in making a a tax-deductible donation, we're not yet a 501c3, but we have two very generous nonprofits that have stepped up and said they can be fiscal agents. So if someone is interested in doing a larger donation and getting a tax deduction, totally support that. Just uh, shoot us an email and we'll facilitate that in whatever way is best, kind of. We have a small donations nonprofit and a big donations nonprofit to work Love with. Love that. And that's a beautiful thing to be able to do that. That email, if folks are interested in getting in touch with you as well, is mndriftlesshikingtrail at gmail.com and then at hike mndriftless at any social media you can find. Yeah, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all those hike mndriftless, which is awesome. So, uh, it's Marty, it's such a cool uh, project. You know, currently while we're recording this show, it's February. Uh, which is always sort of um, uh, a month. You kind of never know what's going to happen in the Midwest. It's tough. For I always sure. say if we've got snow, I can be happy. Currently, we're kind of in that in-between, uh, which is just a tough place to be. 
maple syrup season. It's now, maple so. syrup. Almost, almost there for syrup. And also, it's a great time of year still to be dreaming uh, about projects like this and or, you know, organizing and doing the, uh, mm-hmm. the donkey work, as a friend of mine says, right? All the <laughs> all the hard stuff. No animal, no livestock on our trails, <laughs> no, unfortunately. No, no, Not no. yet, at least. <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't have said that. But uh, no, just the all the planning, all the work, all the background that it takes to pull something like this together. And of course, the vision to, for someone to say like, hey, this would be a great project. And like you said, once you put that out there, it's kind of amazing to see what might come back, right? Yeah. Others that are interested. Yeah. It's, it's been amazing. The people have stepped up and said, I want to do this. And the number of people who said, oh yeah, I threw hiked the Appalachian Trail 10 years ago, or I did this, I did that. And there are a lot of people. And even though I'm a pretty well-networked person, like we said, the number of people I don't know who they are, who have been coming forward from Fillmore County, from Houston County, has been just astounding. And it's always like a boost of energy when I describe the project and I can see the person just get so excited. And then I get excited and we keep I on rolling. That. Yeah, yeah. It's so fun. Um, before we wrap up the show, I just want to, I just want to run through kind of geographically for people to understand one more time too, where you're talking about. So, I mean, potentially a trail would start or finish in uh, like the Chatfield area. Mm-hmm. Right. And then you kind of wind, there's a few different kind of directions it could end up going. Right. But you want to talk us just through that. And then particularly I'm interested in the piece towards the river as well and kind of where you might end up. Cause I think a lot of people don't realize, I mean, there's just some really off the beaten path areas between <laughs> Lansing or DeSoto or wherever it ended up being, right? Yeah. So we know pretty sure we want to start at the trailhead for the Lost Creek Trail mm-hmm. on the west side of Chatfield. So if somebody wanted to do those two together, they could. Um, then we'll, we'll arch over and I'll say to lead into this, the reason we don't know exactly where it is, is because of all those private landowners. Yes. And we need to wait. So we, we hope that through this, through the event tonight, through our general outreach, we get some private landowners who come to us and want to be those first ones that say, we want to help. You can build on our land. Um, based on where those fall, generally, though, we want to arc over, hop over towards Pilot Mound, yep. cross at Moen's Bridge, which I think a lot of your people will know. Yep. Moen's Bridge, figure out a way into Eagle Bluff. Yes. Eagle Bluff over to the Root River Trail, probably ride along that for a little bit or walk along it because it's one of the most scenic sections of the trail between Lanesboro and Wayland. You bet. Cross the river at Wayland again. Um Gribbon Creek unit, the Big Woods area, Cabbage Rock area. A lot of people might know, yeah. know that. Yep. Into Black Hammer Township. Maybe go past the Black Hammer Lady if you want to look yeah. that up. It's a ton of fun. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, uh, good mention. Yeah. And and figure out Spring Grove, what we're going to do. That's a an area with less public land, and so there's less guiding us. It's going to be which, which landowners. Yeah. Beaver Creek Valley State Park. Yes. Caledonia. We will go right through downtown Caledonia. Oh, awesome. To cross the highway. Yep. We have to know what our, our and, limits and are. And there's there's a traffic light there. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then we get into what's called the Reno unit of the Richard J. Dorr State Forest. Yes. It's kind of a that's a pockmarked piece. little piece of land. Yeah. Um, yep. Figure out some, some key crossings of private land. End up in the Reno, Brownsville area. Yeah. You uh, bet. One of our, our to do's this spring is to drive that area a little bit and see where there are some maybe existing parking lots or supportive yeah. businesses yep. and end up over there. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, no, I love that area. In fact, when I'm out doing magazines, I often take that little stretch depending on where I'm trying to get to up or down the river because it's such a fun, uh, fun little area. It's really, really scenic. Um, and the Minnesota side is just gorgeous as well. I, I, I love the Iowa, the Wisconsin side of the river as well, but I often stay on that side just because there's some neat little areas and pockets of places that are pretty out of the way. They're very just, out of the I mean, way. I, I yeah. grew up here. I grew up going to the river with my grandpas and fishing and stuff. And there are places I just never paid yeah. attention to. So that's cool. Well, it's an amazing piece 
of, of our region that you're talking about, some really cool resources that are within that. The project that we're talking about is the Minnesota Driftless Hiking Trail. Uh, Marty Walsh, I can't thank you enough for the time today of kind of explaining what the project's about and where it may be headed. Uh, and again, if folks are interested in helping this project along, donations are super welcome. Uh, Venmo at Hike MN Driftless, right? Uh, you can also check it out on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Hike MN Driftless, or at the website MN Driftless Hiking Trail.org. Uh, or give us a shout and we'll connect you to Marty. It's uh, it's an easy thing to do. And uh, Marty, we need more excuses to uh, to hang out anyway. It's great to see you in real time. Yeah, I think you and, set up a half uh, a dozen shows here that we could have I know, gone right? I'm excited to, uh, to be here at Eagle Bluff tonight for your guys' presentation and uh, see where we can go. So. Thanks for having us. We're excited to be here. Absolutely. Thank you, Marty Walsh, for being here today. It's Rhymes with Decora. Little series we're doing called Rhymes with Fillmore here. A couple of shows. Uh, thanks for tuning in and checking it out. And uh, we'll see you on the next show. Rhymes With is a project of Inspired Media. Find us online at iloveinspired.com. We appreciate you tuning in. If you've enjoyed the music on this show, it is the work of Mr. Nick Zielinski. He's a decoran. He's a drummer. He's a keeper of the musician robots. He's a spectacular guy. Find him online at Indicative of Drumming. He's on Instagram and all the great places you can support him and check out his work. Thanks for tuning in. Rhymes with Decora is a project of Inspired Media. Find us online at iloveinspired.com.